You are tuning into Pro Bono Perspectives, live from Brooklyn, where the city never sleeps and purpose is more than just a buzzword. Pro Bono Perspectives brings together leaders that have traveled across sectors, industries, and experiences on their path to creating change for the communities in which they live and work. And I'm your host, Danielle Holly, CEO of Common Impact, a national nonprofit that designs skills-based volunteer programs that amplify the impact of social change organizations by harnessing the talents and the skills of private sector employees. I am lucky enough to cross paths with these leaders every day through my work with Common Impact and can't wait to bring you behind the scenes to share their stories. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. And today we are lucky to be joined by Gary Bagley, who's the executive director of New York Cares, an organization that makes it easy for New Yorkers in a very big city to make a real difference in their communities through volunteerism. And it directs those, that volunteerism into three big initiatives, which we'll hear a little bit about today, public spaces, education and immediate needs, Uh, which covers hunger reduction programs. And Gary joined New York Cares in 2004, appointed director, executive director in 2008. And through his leadership, the organization has more than tripled annual volunteer service for New York City. And for folks that live in the city, you know that they are a real presence in volunteerism and service. And in addition to managing this incredible organization, Gary also serves on the board of directors for Points of Light, which is a national organization focused on service and activating service, is a lecturer at the Columbia University School of International Public Affairs and Baruch College, uh, City University of New York, which is also his alma mater. And I don't know how you do all these things in a 24 hour day. <laughs> As I'm talking, <laughs> and I it just keeps going. <laughs> the key is to not sleep at all, if you can help it. <laughs> well, thank you for taking a slice of what must be a very busy day, given all that, to uh, talk a little bit about your work and your career, Gary. It's great to have you here. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Um, it's great. You know, it's especially nice. Um, I, I, I loved hearing how you describe the work of New York Cares because um, so much of it is is really spot on. Um, as we're really thinking about, you know, the work we do, and I, I think this often relates to some uh, the kind of work an organization like Common Impact does, which is I often joke with uh, people that New York Cares solved a problem that many people don't know exists. Right? Right? We're, our job is to make it easier uh, for good-hearted folks who want to give back in the community to find a meaningful opportunity um, that fits everything between their interest areas to their busy schedules. And um, we were founded because people were spending all the free time they had just trying to find an opportunity. So really the day-to-day work here is about preparing what is now about a thousand nonprofits and public schools every year to work with our volunteers. Uh, We provide them on-site management, which through a volunteer who is trained to lead a team of volunteers, whether that project is a 
six-month SAT prep program or a one-time painting project, our team leaders really step in and are the face of the community or the face of New York Cares in the community. And so um, a lot of folks don't understand why it's so hard to find a good volunteer opportunity. And the the trick is, of course, it's um, it is the problems behind that that are the ones that organizations like New York Cares and in many regards, Common Impact are, are working to solve every day. So, um, you know, that that is the bulk of the way we work, and we direct that about 50% of the work is in education, as you mentioned. Another just over 40% is on immediate needs, meaning hunger programming, visiting seniors, important one-time events um, that, are, that are about, you know, the most basic needs we have. Uh, and then finally, uh, the, it's actually the smallest portion of our work Work, although it's probably how most people think of volunteering, um, which is that is our work in the public spaces, working in the parks, gardens, and painting schools. So it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, organization to lead and to constantly think about how we take sort of the the size of it and drive it more strategically toward meeting the most pressing needs in New York City in, in any given moment in time. Well, and such important work, too, and a common impact like New York Cares is headquartered in New York City. And uh, New York is a it's a state where we've seen such incredible generosity and intention around volunteerism and service. But right now, in terms of the number of people, the hours that um, are actually being deployed in service, we're 49th out of 51 states. Uh, what do you, and it's something that Common Impact struggles with every day, what do you attribute that to? How do you see your work fitting into making those numbers look a little brighter? Well, there's a couple of things that are interesting. First, I do like to remind people we're at 49, which is shameful, but we were at 51 uh, <laughs> a few years ago. So we're working our way Where up. Are we? Yeah. But, you know, one thing that's very interesting, I think, for those of us who live in New York City, is there's some level on which these numbers just don't seem to feel right. Um, we feel a higher level of engagement in the city. A couple of things we do know is that the bigger, some of the bigger barriers to service are, are some of the simple logistical things like good transportation, right? So access to where you need to go um, to get there, you know, sort of quickly, efficiently, and serve is a little more difficult in New York City. We have one of the higher average commute times in the country, which then also eats into one of the other key elements to volunteering, which is free time, right? So if we reduce those two things, it can be really challenging. I will say here in New York City, um, NYC Service, which is the mayor's office dedicated to volunteer service, um, this number has felt not right to them for a variety of reasons. And there are questions around access, equity, um, language skills, right? If English is not your first language, can you do you have access to the same number of opportunities um, where some as compared to someone whose first language is English? So they did a small study, but very important one, where they really did door-to-door canvassing in a couple neighborhoods in New York City. Uh, to find out through interviews uh, what the volunteering rate uh, was in that neighborhood. And 
they basically they found that there was a higher incidence of volunteerism based on their research than the national numbers would indicate. So I think there's a combination of factors that keep us from volunteering, and then I think there's the way we count it, um, the, and and whether that's accurate. But I would say finding uh, the higher. Um, the more, uh, the bigger the urban area, um, the more factors like language, transportation, and uh, start to weigh on us, and and we definitely see that here in New York City. Well, and you raise such an important point that there's so much volunteerism and service that's happening that's not counted or not formal when we think about how we help out our neighbors, for instance, right? Or how we think about giving of our time and talent to support maybe local initiatives that aren't formalized. Uh, there's, there's just a lot more in terms of the spirit happening than the numbers would demonstrate to us. Exactly. You, so you serve on the board of Points of Light, which mm-hmm. is scoping up from New York, thinks about inspiring service nationally, and would love to hear from your seat, from that perch, how have you seen volunteerism evolve, service change over the past couple of years, and uh, would love to hear what that conversation looks like, where it's going. I think there's a couple very big shifts that we're in the midst of and that some of which I think uh, we're looking at continuing. But I think for all of us in the sector, uh, one of the biggest shifts is is the generational interest in volunteerism and the motivation for doing that, um, particularly, you know, as, as a lot of us talk about the millennial generation, which I mean, in many ways is a flawed description because it lumps together 15 years of, of people and says they're all behaving the same. So I'm not really sure how true that is um, uh, uh, or if that isn't a little more fluid than that. But, you know, one of the nice things that we're seeing is that there's a much deeper commitment to social justice. Uh, Here at New York Cares, by the way, about 70% of our volunteers are between the ages of 18 and 35. And so we're fortunate to be engaging a younger demographic. Uh, And as we're reaching out about motivations, we are hearing, you know, 10 years ago, main motivator was making New York City a better place to live. The main motivator now is social justice and or racial equity and being a participant in that change, the sense of helping to write a balance. So I think there's a huge influence for all of us there um, that is uh, with the changing of motivations, um, how we present our work. And the responsibility we have to engage uh, a generation that, frankly, wants this also to be part of an educational experience, a development experience, a bonding experience uh, in ways that no generation before them has wanted. Um, And by the way, I would say for those of us who have been doing this work for a while, it's something we always wished our volunteers would want. um, And I think now they want it. And so we're actually adjusting to being, you know, better providers of that. 
I will say we also hear uh, frequently from corporate partners especially, which is there's been a huge increase in the volume of corporate volunteerism across the country and a bigger commitment to that. Um, I think some of that is both the company's desire and I think some of it is that they're also bringing in a workforce that expects service and for their companies um, to not just um, do business but to do it well and to do it quote-unquote right. So as we're dealing with that, I think there's also therefore an increased demand from corporations. Uh, I am guessing, um, as, as we often hear here at New York Cares, that there is an increased question about how can pro bono service um, really uh, help the nonprofit sector uh, and companies very much wanting to gauge on that level as well as individuals. Um, we also have a younger generation who much more wants to use their skills in volunteering than the generations before them. So those are a few uh, big um, uh, trends that I think we're facing but that are really changing the nature of how we all work. And what is your take on how nonprofits can benefit from pro bono or skills-based volunteerism, because we too think about that every day and would love because you have optics into both the national lens, but also the full spectrum of volunteerism and service where Common Impact really focuses and hones in on skills-based. What are you seeing in terms of the potential there and what nonprofits need and what they don't? I, I think there's a there's first there's huge potential. Um, the same way there is for what I would call mission driven volunteerism. That's you know whether that's the tutors, the healthcare workers, the meal servers, etc. You know the one thing we see at New York Cares is the capacity to engage that workforce is critical to the success of the outcomes. And by the way, one thing I want to point out as somewhat of an irony um, for all of us in managing and scoping out any kind of volunteer program is at the end of the day, this is about good project management and engaging human resources. And our sector is, is very weak on its human resources practices. In many cases, we're going into nonprofits that don't have any resource dedicated um, to human resources for their own people, and then we hope somehow that they'll manage a volunteer workforce well. And the practices are the same. So I think the potential for pro bono in the nonprofit space um, is great. I think the challenges for the sector is that we have to be just big enough to be strategic about what we need, to be able to scope out. Uh, very clearly what would benefit the organization. And then, like any consultancy, right, whether it's pro bono or paid, um, we have to be ready to implement um, the plan we get as an outcome of that, right? And I think, uh, you know, nonprofits pay for strategic plans that they then don't use or don't actualize, right? We need to have somebody in the leadership role who's going to commit not only to the process, um, but to the follow through on doing it. And then for, I think for the pro bono side, and this is where the work of someone like Common Impact is so important, scoping out a project that is both interesting to the volunteer and something that will genuinely help the nonprofit is a very sophisticated match compared to 
you know, I want to serve a meal and I find a place where you can serve a meal, right? There's not as much of a finesse, if you will, in making that match as there is in I'm hoping to anything from develop a marketing plan, a strategic plan, a, you know, do activity-based costing for you, right? Like those are much more sophisticated engagements and therefore they're more prone um, to, to uh, having m- sort of missed expectations on both sides. So I think, you know, the capacity is always the issue for the nonprofit. And here in New York City, where we have, you know, 80% that have less than a million dollar budget, um, they're in need of a lot of help, but they don't necessarily have the capacity to make good use of it. So it has to be selective, really uh, spot on um, uh, in terms of the need for the organization. And then it needs a huge commitment from leadership um, on follow through. Well, and you touched on one of what I see is one of the biggest opportunities for pro bono and investment in the nonprofit sector in general, because you're right, there are very few nonprofits, even at large size, uh, relatively large size nonprofits that have a dedicated HR workforce to take care of some of just the basic HR administrative functions, let alone think strategically about talent and leadership development. And one of the things that we see in the nonprofit sector is the folks that are 10, 15, 20 years into their career leaving for the private sector or now for social enterprise and other mission-oriented business. The nonprofit sector no longer has a hold on mission-oriented careers because, not because of the pay, which is what you would think, right? But because they don't see the career trajectory and the leadership development opportunity. So to the extent that we can channel some of what the private sector does so well there and figure out how to make it and how to resource it for the nonprofit sector in a way that works for the nonprofit sector because it's not a, a cut and paste <laughs> situation, um, which is problematic. But I think that that type of investment has so much opportunity, as you said, is, is really complex in terms of translating and scoping. It's true. And I would say, you know, um, if we look at sort of business in general, most nonprofits would uh, be classified as small businesses. And so if we start comparing, you know, how many small businesses um, have an internal HR function versus how many outsource it, et cetera, we might find, uh, and this happens on a lot of different issues where we're not as different, um, you know, as, as, as businesses of similar sizes. Um, but I think with nonprofit, you know, uh, one of the things we all have to work through in the sector, and it's one of the reasons I believe bringing more people into the sector is important, is it's not, it doesn't lack the strategy um, that a lot of people think it does. And so I think some of this is re-educating people that you know, the vast majority of nonprofits are small businesses and they're not running that unusually. I was actually reading an article uh, recently because like many people were concerned because, you know, the nonprofit sector has such a high turnover rate, such a high turnover rate. And then the reality is if you go to the Society of Human Resource Managers, you'll find out in the for-profit and nonprofit sectors, the turnover rate is about 19%. Um, but the nonprofit has a, has a sort of a reputation for, oh, turnover here is crazy. And it's like, well, 
Yes, it, it's sort of crazy in business in general, but it's not actually unusual. So reframing these problems, I would say, by the way, not to backtrack too much, but uh, for New York Cares, we do have dedicated HR support here, and it still never feels like enough. Uh, and so that's one place where in the pro bono space where I feel like, you know, really well scoped out programs like a you know a talent management plan developing a professional development approach um, in my case having board members who come you know lead talent um, in companies around the city um, that's a, a, a place where an, a nonprofit can really creatively add to the resources that they maybe can't afford on bottom line um, but a good consultant and a good consultancy can also tell you at what level you can engage in these practices. What is the most streamlined way you can go about something? And then again, a dedicated leader who prioritizes talent management will do it, right? That's the, you know, and so anyway, I think there's a huge potential there for all of us. So give us a, a sense in the couple of minutes that remain how you have thought about your career within the sector and beyond. And you that you joined New York Cares in a leadership position and then took the reins of the organization. How, do, how have you approached your career? You know, it's uh, it, it's very funny. I, I, I always tell people that I'm a lesson in that uh, of, of the kind of person who has discovered their passions by doing. Uh, I'm not a person that sat and said, oh, I really care about service. Let me go look for a job in that field. Um, I, I was always very open to exploring. Um, I knew a couple things about myself, and one of them is that I care about you know people giving back in their community. Before that, that was a career in arts education. Um, so to me, um, you know, the the desire for leadership um, uh, was always there. Um, it was just a matter of, of constantly working my way to get there. Um, when I think about why I love to lead, the things that I actually do enjoy most about the work um, is I enjoy enabling um, others to sort of fully engage in their talent and their skills. That's from staff to, in this case, volunteers. When I worked in the arts, I loved the development of curriculum and really mobilizing people against an issue. So um, when I when I think about my job and what I enjoy most, it, it is that, uh, if you will, that enabling function, the being a conductor of an orchestra who can't really play any of the instruments well, um, but really, but I, I love picking the material and I, and I, and I love like letting uh, everybody else shine in a way that is good for them and then good for their audience, whoever that may be. What's the best part of your day? You know, it's, it's such a great question. And I've said to people many times over the years that a bad day at New York Cares is probably the best day any many other people have ever had. Um, you know, every day people come to our, our door and they want to help someone else, right? And to me, that's about the best you can be, except for the moment when you're actually helping. So, you know, for all the 
you know, Michigas that goes into getting people from point A to point B and scoping out the projects, and that has its own frustration. Uh, I can safely say that at the end of every day, uh, you know, some point on the subway ride home, I, I, uh, a feeling does come over me to go, oh, yeah, we're doing a good thing. And and that's a that's a wonderful thing. I, I didn't necessarily aim for it in my career, um, but boy, is it it's a very nice feeling. And that's when you know you're doing it right. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us and giving us just a peek into your background and the amazing work that New York Cares does. I know that it's a household name within New York, and it's just also a model for really good service and, and organization. So appreciate you uh, letting us into a little bit of the behind the scenes. And thank you again for joining us, Gary. Honored to have uh, ha- have spoken to you, and thank you for the, all the good work you're doing at Common Impact. It's amazing. Thanks so much for listening to Pro Bono Perspectives today. If you like our show and want to learn more, check out our website at commonimpact.org. Leave us a review and tell your friends and colleagues about us. Tune in to our upcoming episodes to hear from everyday leaders using their skills to help their communities. <laughs>